Hello and welcome to the Behind the Bra podcast brought to you by Barbells for Boobs, where we want to redefine the standard of breast health care and improve the quality of life post-diagnosis of breast cancer. I'm your host, Zayana Hansen. I'm the founder of this great organization. Thanks for joining us. Today, our guest is one of my favorite people. Her name is Christina Ballard. She is a breast cancer co-survivor, a survivor, and the board chair of Barbells for Boobs. So we're super excited to have her today and share her story of the evolution from going from a co-survivor and caring for her mother um, to her own breast cancer diagnosis um, and eventually to becoming the board chair of Barbells for Boobs. Welcome, Christina. Thank you very much. So, Christina, as one of our first podcasts um, and guests, um, I really wanted to go through your journey um, and have a very specific message for this podcast. Again, knowing that you came, you know, and experienced breast cancer at a really young age um, and then evolve evolution into your own diagnosis. So my first question to you is... Um, who were you? Who was Christina Ballard the day before you received your diagnosis? I was somebody that um, found CrossFit a couple of years before that, and I was trying to get out of my little bubble of, you know, just get out there and do stuff on your own. And I did that by myself because I wanted to get in really good shape because I've always worked out my entire life. I worked in real estate, which I still do now. And I just, I, you know, I kind of had a little bit of fear of life at that point, too. Um, Certain things were scaring me, and I didn't, like, kind of branch out and do things that I wish I should have then. But after my diagnosis, it took me maybe a year, and now I'm willing and able, and I want to do way more. I want to live. What what were your fears? Um, Just fears that something was going to happen to me or something like just very strange fears, like kind of getting claustrophobic, kind of getting in that like fear. I used to dive all the time and then all of a sudden I just couldn't dive anymore because I just had a big fear and I have no, I have no idea why I got a fear, but I don't know. But once I found out, you know, I had breast cancer, I need to do something about it. Um, After that and after I healed from surgeries, I just, I don't know, the fear went away. Wow. And how old were you when you were diagnosed? I was 47. You were 47. Yes. And how long at that point was your mom, you know, how long had she recovered from her diagnosis and how far out and how, you know, kind of what does that timeline look like for you in your life? Um, My mom had passed away when she was 69. They didn't expect her to live that long, but she was also diagnosed at 47. That was her same diagnosis. And how old were you when she was diagnosed at 47? I was 14. You were 14. Yes. Were you an only child or like? No, were, okay. I was the youngest child. Um, but I remember the day because I used to um, like to have my own money. So I started working and lied about my age at a very <laughs> young age. And um, my dad came and picked me up from work and took me home and said, you know, your mom has breast cancer. She's having surgery tomorrow. And back then it was totally different than it is now. It was just a complete shock. Well, a lot of women, I I mean, from what I've heard, a lot of women didn't even 
tell their spouses they had breast cancer way back in the day, you know, and you, you fast forward to today where we can run an organization with the word boobs in it is, you know, I think that we've come a long way in the, in breast cancer and in general, but so your mom was comfortable telling your dad. So your mom didn't actually directly tell you of her diagnosis. No, she did not. My dad did. Um, my mom, um, my mom had hers was of course advanced because they didn't have the testing and the early testing that they do now. Um, so hers was pretty advanced when they found it. Was that her first screening at the age of 47? She didn't have a screening, <laughs> kind of old school, but my dad's from a different country. So our friend was our doctor our entire life. So he just came over because she noticed something was wrong on her breast and it was very wrong. So he came over to check her and he just knew right away, you have breast cancer. I'm taking you to the city of hope. No scanning, no screening. Nothing. Yeah. That's so crazy. And I get, I guarantee that's probably how women 30 years ago discovered this disease. I don't think that there was mandated or mandatory screening even at age 40 now that, you know, that we had that kind of guidelines set. I'm wondering if that was even set at that time. I don't think so. And I don't even, I mean, back then I don't remember ever like even my mom talking about that or having to deal with that or getting screened or going to the doctors for anything. Uh, I, I think that brings up a good point when it when it's just when we talk about breast cancer in general because when I first got into work, work the work in breast cancer and the pink ribbon as what we all kind of know it to be, I was really frustrated with the word awareness and I'm not so frustrated with it anymore. I've kind of embraced it because I think that there's been so much work done in the awareness and again just even that idea that. 30 years ago, women didn't even get baseline screening until a doctor's like, yeah. hey, you have breast hey. cancer, let's get some treatment in to today where I feel like the world turns pink in October. So I've always had this statement of, okay, we're aware, now what are we doing about the disease? Um, but I think the one thing that we can continue to learn, because uh, one woman told me that awareness saved her life. Like she was diagnosed at 32 and it wasn't until she heard me speak about Sessie's story that she could even be, she could even have breast cancer. So I still think that there's a lot of awareness and I feel guilty now because I'm like, awareness sucks, you know? And like when exactly. she told me that, she's like, your awareness saved my life. See? And I'm like, oh, maybe not. Maybe I'm, I'm maybe I'm thinking the wrong thing. So, um, but I do, uh, I think that, you know, organizations like Komen and Avon have done, have just really pioneered the awareness. Um, and Barbell Shrabu was, my intention was always like, well, what are we doing? Like, how do we actually serve breast cancer? So. What are your thoughts on awareness and being a breast cancer survivor and the color pink and how October is like in your face? I mean, some of it at first I was like, I mean, I always did it for my mom. You know, I grew up doing everything for my mom. And then that's why I, you know, that's how I even found out about Barbells for Boobs because I did an event way long ago and it was for my mom, wasn't for me. And um, I just realized a little bit about awareness that there's still some ignorance out there about Mm it. Because I just recently, like within a week ago, found out that I have a new gene that just came out, and it's a hereditary gene. It was just published two weeks ago, and it's called the CHEK2. It's C-H-E-K-2. The so, CHEK2. The CHEK2. C-H-E-K-2, the number two. Ah. So it just was published two weeks ago. So I got a call from my oncologist Got a bunch of calls from the drug company and everything because it's a strong hereditary gene for breast cancer and colon cancer. 
Did you, uh, uh, did, so you already had your gene testing and they just had it, they yes. had it available. So anything that pops up, they automatically contact you? Correct. My oncologist did extensive gene testing. Okay. And um, so they, they finally identified this one gene um, and they figured out what it was. So now we just have to be proactive. But I had a friend ask me, like I was telling her about it, and a friend asked me about it saying, well, well, I'm very confused. So I wouldn't even want to know. I don't want to know I have a gene like that. Why do I want to know that? And I was like, because I want to be proactive, proactive. and I want to live. Yeah. I want to, you know, hang out with my husband for a long time. Mm-hmm. I want to be here for a while. So if I can, you know, take a test once a year and know that I'm safe, then I'd do it. Cause I mean, early detection, it's a good thing. Yeah. And being aware is a good thing. And I think that that's a good point because a lot of things that, you know, when eh, starting Barbell Shrew is really advocating for screening and early detection, because I agree once you know, you can, you can do something about it. Right. But it's the idea of not knowing if you're, if something's, if you're living with a disease or anything. And I think that, um, if, if there is something, a message out there to a woman that might be listening or a man that might be listening that is re, refusing screening and saying like, I'm, there might be something wrong or I'm just like my sister, she was 43 before she got her first screening. Um, is there some words of wisdom or words of experience that you can kind of give to people right now to say screening's not a bad thing? <laughs> It's not, and I, I would, you know, of course, everybody self, check yourself mm-hmm. and always even check the look, you know, check everything, to, you know, have your doctor show you or go to a class to do it. I was always kind of fearful of doing it because of what I dealt with with my mom. So I literally, st- I had a biopsy at 23 because I had a lump removed. You had a lump. Removed at 23. So it it was always in my mind like, okay, I need to be really good about this. So um, I've even, I mean, since I was that age, I've been getting screened and I've even like checking in to get my mammos. I would get like weird looks and people would be like, why are you here? You, you shouldn't be doing this. This is you're bad so, for you. You're so young. Yeah. And I was like, <laughs> no, it's not. It's, it's a good thing. So when you were 47 years old, take me back to like when you, what made you go get screened? Was it just your, was it just your annual screening? Like Take me back to getting that phone call. It was an annual screening, but I had a weird feeling like on my left side in my, on my left breast. And, um, I went in and they, you know, of course did the mammogram and everything. And then they kept me there for a while. And, and then I was like, so what is it? You know? And they were like, oh, we're not even looking at that. We're looking at something else. And I was like, oh, okay. But I had been through it. I've had, um, numerous, um, I've had a few biopsies. I've had, a few different ultrasounds and tests done. Um, so it kind of was like, oh, okay, we're going to go. Yeah, we're going to do this again. So, um, and I actually had two done. So I had one done and then it was, um, it was fine. Nothing was there. And then, um, they said, let's do another one, but we want to do it in the MRI. So I had to do an MRI biopsy, which that was like, okay, this is new. This is different. Mm. So that was an ordeal. And then when I did that and I went to go get my results, um, it wasn't a big deal to me because I was like, oh, I've always gotten, you know, oh no, it's fine. And, um, so I always would go by myself because the previous time my husband, you know, he was like, no, I want to start going. So he went. And then the next time I was like, see, I'm fine. So I kind of, 
I kind of totally ditched him, but I had one friend <laughs> show up at the doctor's and her sister had passed away from breast cancer. And she was like, I'm not losing you. I'm going with you. And she showed up and she was like, listen here, I'm going with you. And as soon as we walked in there and sat down, um, the girl got up and walked out of the room. And I looked at my friend and I said, I have bre- breast, breast cancer. cancer. Mm-hmm. Yep. And she was like, how do you know? I said, she never gets up and walks out of the room. And she walked back with the oncologist and I was like, dang it. And here we go. And all I said was, you better tell me it's early. That's all I got to say. And what stage were you diagnosed at? I was actually stage zero and it was DCIS. Okay. So I was very happy about that. But, um, you know, they said the protocol, like we have to decide here's, they just throw so much information at Mm -hmm. you. And they say, you know, call us as soon as you can because we need to make a decision on what we're doing because with your mom's history and everything, we can't let this sit. And at the time, was your mom alive? No, she was not. And did, what ultimately, like how, because if I look at the, she was diagnosed at 47 and you lost her at 69, so 22 years after her original diagnosis, um, kind of talk through that like how how long before your diagnosis did you lose your mom and what she passed away in 2005 Mm. and um she um her cancer came back um a few times so and she had bilateral breast cancer okay so um that's why i was they always watched me because i guess the way the bilateral goes yes it follows so um, hers came back a few times and then she um, ended up in her bones. So mm. she passed away from it at City of Hope. So uh, one of the things that I, I would like to educate the listeners on, um, which is something I learned, I was actually, I learned it at a conference and I didn't know because <laughs> um, there's some things I'm still naive about when it comes to cancer because it's oh. very complicated. Same here. Yep. <laughs> Um, I've, I'm just a student of breast cancer. I'm constantly learning. So, so for those of you that know that um, breast cancer does not is not actually a deadly disease until it becomes metastatic. So the moment that breast cancer leaves your breast and spreads into your body, which we would consider stage four or metastatic breast cancer, is when it becomes life threatening. Um, so for my sister, it spread to her bones, her lungs, and eventually to her brain. Um, that eventually she passed away from brain hemorrhaging, but it wasn't, she didn't, breast cancer didn't, she didn't, we didn't lose her to breast cancer, right? So we don't lose any women to breast cancer. It just happens to be where it starts. Starts. Yes. Yeah. So your mother's breast cancer spread into her bones. Yes. Um, And so I think that that's really important information. Uh, I don't think that most people know that, but um, okay. So you get your diagnosis. They throw a bunch of different options out at you. How long did it take you to decide what your treatment plan was going to be? Um, I kind of, <laughs> I've kind of already had it in my head because of the way I dealt <laughs> with with my mother. So it, I was always like, if I get, if anything happens, like, you know, my boobs got to go reconstruction. It's because it's just the easy, you know, I don't want it to come back. And I've had so many biopsies and so many tests and so many things. I just... You know, it was in my head, but I wanted to also explore and see what they wanted to talk about because I had to go to a radiation therapist because I would have had to have like seven weeks of radiation. So what did you end up doing? What was your treatment? Um, I ended up getting um, a double mastectomy and reconstruction. Wow. 
and they had to remove lymph nodes from my left arm. I feel like that's pretty aggressive for a stage zero DCIS diagnosis. And and again, ignorance is bliss here and I'm naive. I've never had breast cancer. I just, you know, I know that that was Ceci's same diagnosis and she had a mastectomy. Um, I guess that would be the same thing. Did she do a double though or just- She only did the single. The single, Mm -hmm. yeah. I did a double because I just, I've had biopsies on both. So I kind of just, and I knew that down the road I would have to still be coming and taking care of all this. So. Yeah, but no chemo, no radiation. No, as long as I did that, I didn't have to have the radiation. Yeah, I think that that's, that's what uh, Ceci opted for as well. Yeah. And and one of the things, and, and I'm curious if you feel this way as a breast cancer survivor, one of the things that I dealt with personally as a co-survivor with Ceci was that she didn't feel like she was a breast cancer survivor because she like didn't lose her hair and she didn't go through chemo and she didn't have these scars from radiation. Um, and so she had a really hard time with that. At least she expressed it to me and I, I received it as she was struggling with that for a little bit. Um, maybe like some guilt to other survivors that maybe had it way worse. Did you have any of that kind of those feelings? Yes. And I actually still have that. Hmm. And I just, cause I always feel like, wow, I'm so like, I'm, I feel like I, how did I become the lucky one? Hmm. Um, and I know it's early detection and I really was aware, you know, of all of like especially dealing with my mom and what the doctors kept telling me. Um, but I still kind of feel that because, you know, I just, some of the people I know, I would like, I'm strong. I could take your pain away from you. Like, I, you know, so, but it's, it, it's a hard thing to deal with. Yeah. But the radiation therapist scared me to death. So <laughs> I walked out of there and all my husband said is cut them off. I was like, okay. So the radiation <laughs> would have saved them. So it was either picking radiation or picking the mastectomy. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I think I'd rather just cut instead of burn. Is that kind of the- exactly? It was very close to my heart where they had to line up the radiation. So they couldn't promise me that they wouldn't damage my heart. So as soon as they said that, I was like, okay, let's go. Wow. And what does your screening look like now? Now that you're, because how long ago were you diagnosed with? Five years ago. May was five years. It's a big year. Yeah. It's a big year. It's a big year. Um, For those of you that don't know, five years of cancer-free is a very, very, very big deal for survivors. Uh, So what 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 do your screenings look like now? So now, um, after just talking to my doctors, I have to get an MRI. Um, Right now, I actually have to go get one. Um, And then once I see my oncologist in the next couple of weeks, I'll see what the protocol is now since it's changed since they identified the hereditary gene. Oh, gosh. So would you say that I feel once you get the diagnosis of breast cancer that it's with you forever? Oh, yes. It's in your life forever. Always, yes. Um, And now I want to talk about the day that you emailed Barbell Shrabuz, uh, because I think that that as we talk about awareness and, of breast cancer, I think that the one thing that I really want to make sure Barbell Shrabuz does and where we need to really start building awareness is fitness after diagnosis. And I think that there's a very, there's a lack of information, there's a lack of resources, and there's a lack of advocacy from the oncology side and the oncologist um, to really prescribe fitness and say, Hey, this is kind of how you should be healing yourself. So what was your experience? Cause you were the very first 
person to contact me directly. <laughs> yes. I'm going to give you the story. She contacts me directly. I don't remember exactly what you said, but it was an info ad and it was like, hey, barbells for boobs. I'm a breast cancer survivor and I'm really struggling to get back in the gym. Do you guys have any resources to, you know, kind of help survivors get back into the gym? And you can probably paraphrase it better for me, but I remember taking that email and that inquiry because it was the first one and I was like... I have to help this woman somehow, some way, because I believe so much that fitness should be a part of your recovery plan. And I was like, I feel like we would be such hypocrites as barbells for boobs to not help this breast cancer survivor get a barbell back in her hands. So, um, so I will say this was, you probably emailed us in what, 2015, 2014? I think, yeah, I will. It was a, it was a while. It was yeah. a while ago, and I I remember promising you that we didn't have yeah. anything at the time, but I was going to start working on it, and that's yeah. when that was when the the seed was planted for the rad program. So so um, thank you for that. But kind of talk through like what got you to send us an email. Where were you at in your fitness? Where were you at in your recovery? Um, what were you hearing from your medical professionals about getting into the gym? Kind of go through that. I was um pre you know right before or right up to it, I was doing CrossFit, so I was in really good shape and. I mean, it helped me through everything, my surgeries, I healed fast. Um, and then trying to get back to the gym, I mean, I would go to the doctors too and talk to them and they were just, well, just run. And I'm like, I'm not a runner. I don't <laughs> want to run. I like to lift weights. And they were like, oh, I don't, yeah, no, don't ever do a push up or a pull up either. And I was like, what? I was like, why? Like, I have my range of motion back. I made sure of it. Yeah, and, and you're not the first woman that's told me that. I've actually worked with women directly that like still won't do a push-up because their doctor told them 20 years ago not to do a push-up. And I was like, hey, I think you're going to be okay to do a push-up. It's totally cool. Like, we're going to work through this. So were you like, I don't know what else to do, and maybe Barbell Shreves can help me? Like, what kind of was it? Yeah. Was I, it our cool name? Well, I already knew about it because I did an event for my mom. Right. So I was like, you know what? I've been searching online and all the stuff that I was reading. I'm like, there's really nothing. Like, I couldn't find anything. And so I had just a you know group of friends that we kept looking that I would work out with. And we were like, nothing. And I thought, you know what? I'll email Barbara's Foods. They got to know something or know somebody. And I was like, I need something. And I didn't know anything. <laughs> Another dead end for Christina other than, hey, come hang out with us. <laughs> um, so what, what what advice would you give or what would you say? How, how hard has it been to get back into the gym after a diagnosis? Because I know that you've told me that you were in the best shape of your life when you were diagnosed. I know that it's been a struggle to get back into the gym. Again, I I can only compare what a woman has gone through in breast cancer to having a baby. That's all I can kind of, oh, I try right. to always yeah. try to take when I'm trying to empathize with somebody, how I could relate it to my life and something I've had to recover from, right? So I've had a baby. I had limitations while I was working out with that and getting back into the gym. I remember specifically going and, and I, I, I remember I would take the 6am class after, you know, f- breastfeeding my son at 3am or whatever it was. And I would sit in the parking lot before the workout would happen. And I would pump my milk, um, <laughs> cause it was so painful. I remember going to one of the workouts and I, you know, I was pretty competitive. I was a pretty high level athlete at my gym and the workout had pull-ups in it and I couldn't do a pull-up. I couldn't oh, do a push-up yeah. and 
everybody left the gym before I finished the workout. (laughs) And I remember going to the bathroom and just crying my eyes out because I was like, and it it was, it was so humbling for me because it allowed me to go back to somebody's first day in the gym. It felt like my first day. Exactly. And it, it really allowed me to kind of be more empathetic and really not care about competing or not care about those high level athletes that were crushing the workout. It made me want to like run with the last person or like wait around for the last person. And I had to go through that experience. And so tell me what, what did that look like? Your first days going back into the gym, how, cause to me it was harder to go back to the gym after my body had changed so much from pregnancy. I couldn't even imagine losing my limbs. (laughs) (laughs) My my most precious limbs. (laughs) I mean, it's, it's just, it's a difficult thing because you're, I mean, the doctors, what they tell you is you're always in your head like, okay, I can't like, I don't want to break something or hurt something or tear something out because you don't want to have surgery again. You don't want to have to fix it. You don't want to break yourself. You don't want to break it, what they did. And I know it was, you know, they're, I mean, they did some, my surgery, I think was like 12 hours. And it's like, I feel like, okay, I got to really protect them. And so I still did this day. I still, if there's something in there or whatever, it's like, oh, stop not doing that. Listening to your body. Yeah. You have to listen to your body. And, but still, I mean, I've, I've always been a pusher. I push Mm -hmm. a little sometimes too far on myself. So I would say just scale and take it easy. And yeah, you don't have to be the first person finished. No. Yeah. I mean, and sometimes it's actually humbling and it's good to be the last person. Yeah. I think it's, it's a healthy, a healthy thing. I mean, you're speaking to the woman that dropped an 80 pound barbell on her head when she was six months pregnant. So <laughs> I understand pushing yourself yes. to not too far, uh, not too far guys. Um, so you go back to the gym, was your coach, like, what was that conversation with your coach? Because it, it, I was a coach, you know, I, I, I ran my own CrossFit gym and if somebody came to me saying they had just finished breast cancer treatment, I'd be scared to pieces about like me breaking them. Um, how did your coaches respond to your treatment, to you coming back to the gym? Uh, what did that look like? It was more so, I think everybody was afraid of me. Mm-hmm. Um, they didn't, you know, always go light, go light, go light. They were just, everyone was afraid of me and don't do anything that if you feel something, don't do it. So I was... I mean, since I kind of already knew what I was kind of doing, I just would kind of just please help me and watch me. So I had actually a good friend that we always worked out together. We knew how we both work out. Yeah. So she was the one that would stand. She would literally stand there and watch me or she'd be like, yeah, you're not doing that. Put that down. Nope, that's too much weight for you. Did you enjoy like I'm almost thinking that people are treating you like you're this fragile object in a sense, like, oh, my God, don't do that. You might hurt yourself. Right. Was that beneficial to you or did you want them to be harder on you? No, I don't. Um, I never been a person like that. So I don't Mm -hmm. like that. I was, you know, grew up hanging out with the boys. So I wasn't, I was more of a tomboy. So I didn't want that, but I could take it from my friend because I knew she had, she knew me and, you know, she knew what I could do and what I couldn't. So it was easier. Like you come with me because I don't want to go work out without you. So getting a workout buddy. Yes. Get a buddy. <laughs> Step number one. Yes. Ladies, get a workout buddy. And hopefully somebody that knows you and knows that if you're the type to push the limits and not think when you're working out, you're you working just out. go. Wow. So um, 
we're, we, we've gone through your diagnosis, kind of who Christina was before breast cancer, how breast cancer has really impacted your life and your family, that full overhaul, um, now going into what's next and how you live life as a breast cancer survivor. Cause I feel like it's going to follow you for the rest of your life. Um, what do you say is your, has been your largest lesson from breast cancer? Um, I would say, um, not to be afraid of life. Um, I think I was, you know, starting to get that fear in me and now I just, I kind of put the fear behind me and I kind of used to always worry about what I say or what I do. And now, you know what? I really don't care. Hmm. And I need to, I'm stepping out of my box and stepping out of my bubble and trying to do stuff that always scared me, like especially speaking on a podcast. What? So, um, I just continue to make you get me. uncomfortable. Don't I, I? Know, huh? <laughs> You're like pushing me. <laughs> But it's a good thing. And, you know, you grow. Everybody grows. And it doesn't matter how old you are. And, you know, you can always grow. Yeah, I think that one of um, I, I constantly hear this from breast cancer survivors or anybody that's really been through a traumatic life experience uh, that it almost kind of saved their life in a sense. Like you're going about your life, li doing your day to day thing. And then this hits you. And you realize really how short life is and you really kind of evaluate your life. I've heard a lot of women, they're like, I divorced my husband the day I found out, you know, like, right. yeah, like they it's almost live. like this, yeah. this happy. shocker of life is short. You don't know what's coming your way. And um, so I, I think that that's a pretty consistent conversation with a lot of the breast cancer survivors that I get to speak with and um, that share their stories like, wow, I, I live life now, you know? Yeah. My life is more enriched and I'm just, how is your husband through everything? Person. Oh, he's, he's a rock and he's so supportive and he's amazing. He's a shout out great to guy. Shout out, shout shout out, out to Jim. He's shout awesome. Out to Jim. Very, very supportive. So we've, you know, you're five years cancer free you bothered me four years ago about starting a resources after diagnosis program. You didn't actually say that. I just, you know, the, yeah. in conclusion, this eventually happened. Um, what are your thoughts on what, what Barbells for Boobs is now doing in, in breast cancer? You know, obviously we've, we've done so much work in the early detection side and you and I are both huge advocates for the early detection side. But how do you think that bringing this to life and, and, creating more of a formal structure for breast cancer survivors so that hopefully oncologists are like, yeah, call Z and Christina. They're yeah. going to get you into a gym and get you a workout, buddy. What are your thoughts on this, this evolution and the work that, that Barbell Boobs is now doing? I think it's amazing because uh, there's, I don't think there's really anything out there. I mean, I know there's not because it's so difficult to get back and the fear and just how you feel on a daily basis. Some people sit at home and they just don't even want to go out. They don't want to talk to anybody about it. So this is a way even doing the podcast that listen, you know, you guys can listen to us and talk about it and call me if you want to go do something, go do a workout. You want to talk about it. Cause she's in the Long Beach area. So yes. if you're a breast cancer yes, survivor in the Long Beach area, call Christina. She'll be your workout buddy. And it's amazing because you can't find this. And I just, I mean, I actually can't wait to see my oncologist too, because he has other stuff to talk to me about, but I want to ask him about what he thinks about, you know, life after. So, and get all these doctors back on track. 
Well, I, I think that the hardest thing, and, and I try my best not to be mad at the medical side because I hear some of the, the things, for example, what your oncologist told you, like don't do pull-ups and don't do push-ups. And it's really, really hard for me not to be mad at those, uh, at the advice that your oncologists are giving you. Because in my personal opinion, if you're an oncologist out there and you're listening, you're God in a lot of these women's eyes. Exactly. They're gonna, they are listening to you as if your word is biblical. <laughs> like it exactly. is. So what I hope that we can do at Barbell Shaboobs is make sure that an oncologist could at least say, I don't know, cause I'm not a fitness professional. I'm your oncologist. My job is to provide a great treatment plan to save your life. But I do know that Barbell Shaboobs has a network full of fitness providers that can help you and get you the fitness that you need because that's not my responsibility. And it's not the doctor's responsibility to get you fit, right? Like 100%. No, right. And that no. was one thing I had to fit. I had to no. eventually get to myself and be like, Z, it's okay. Yeah. <laughs> They're not fitness professionals, but you have an entire community that are. You guys just have to, and that was what, what was really important to me. It was, okay, I just have to gear my army up so that we can be loud and say, hey, oncologist, we're going to respect your treatment plan. And we're going to totally say that that's that's what women should be doing for their treatment. And I have no idea what that treatment should look like, nor should I give her advice on her treatment plan. But I'm going to tell her how to get her pull it back. And I'm going to show her how to get her snatch back in her range of motion. And so I think that there's this like huge opportunity for oncologists and the medical teams to start recognizing the fitness professionals that actually know what they're doing out here in the field, especially with the CrossFit community and how I feel that they're the most knowledgeable trainers in, in the world. So, yes. And I always, I'm always question my doctors, even, even if they say something, ask them why mm. get, you know, ask for specific reasons why. So, I mean, you got to move on. You got to get out there. You got to keep moving and get out of the house and work out and go try CrossFit class. Call Barbells for Boobs. Call Barbells for Boobs. Send us an info at. Um, so what, uh, this will be my last hoorah, who bang. So make this one good. <laughs> if there's somebody out there that has <laughs> never talked to somebody at Barbells for Boobs or has never been to an event or has never experienced Barbells for Boobs, what can you tell them? What has Barbells for Boobs done for you specifically? It has gotten me out of my box once again and enriched my life. Um, it makes me feel great to be able to even help one person, mm. much less reach I don't even know how many people, but it would, it's great to reach everybody and to just, we're here for you. We're, we're here. Call us. We'll help you open your donation page. It's totally <laughs> She's always going to put a plug in there. I, love I it. know. Sorry. <laughs> it's in my brain. It's embedded because yes. I grew up with none of this with my mom and I just, it's so dear to my heart and I wish my mom had this. I mm. mean, she was a very social person, so this is something she would have loved. And I know she's, you know, looking down saying, good job, good job. So, yeah. Yes. It's, it's changed my life uh, for the better. Uh, I can echo that. It's changed my life as well. Um, well, so you've heard it from Miss Christina Ballard, <laughs> our board chair at Barbells for Boobs, I think it was really important for me to interview you because 
I really wanted our community to know who's sitting at the helm now of Barbells for Boobs and was really kind of overseeing our work and our growth and our um, programs and how we implement them because I really want to make sure that Barbells for Boobs stays mission driven. And to me, it's so rewarding to have a breast cancer survivor sitting on that chair and really dictating the work. And, And I couldn't have thought of anyone better to help us really, um, I, I hope that we make history and I hope that you, you find barbells for boobs in the history books of fitness after diagnosis. And for me, I felt it was so important to bring the person that sent me the first info at to kind of, uh, pioneer this with us. And so I'm completely humbled and honored. Um, Thank you for your time. Thank you for your energy. She is a busy woman and she finds time to to guide Barbells for Boobs. Um, she's been a volunteer for us since the day that she sent us an email. Before that, she was <laughs> fundraising so for years. <laughs> um, any last words? I just thank you so much. And it's been an honor and a pleasure. And I'm so happy that I'm a part of Barbells for Boobs. I love you guys. Love you too. And we'll drop her um, digits in case you're in the the Long Beach area. (laughs) I need a workout. No, just if you are in Long Beach, in the Long Beach area, and you do need a workout buddy, just contact us at info at barbellsforboobs.org. We will connect you directly with Christina or myself. I'm in the Long Beach area as well. So uh, we'd love to work out with you. Um, I might not run. I just pick up a barbell. I'll show you how to do that. Um, But that's it. Thanks for listening in and have a fantastic day and go live your life.